Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Live from the 2020 Academy Award for Postage Stamps, where we are reviewing the nominations for the Jennifer B. Fowler Award for Great Accomplishments in Stamp Issuance. This is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 274, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center a non-profit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. This is Tom. This is Scott. This is Stan. This is Albert. This is Becca. This is Mark. And this is Cash. Today we are performing a public service podcast. We will be discussing stamps which are designated a stamps required for collection completeness as outlined in section 2424 subsection 2C of the Stamps Are Cool Ordinance as outlined in Presidential Executive Order Number 696 of 1936. Are you deliberately trying to trip me up? Huh? (laughs) This very old and well-established law that we've never heard of is coming up because many stamp collections going to auction are being classified as insufficiently complete. Wouldn't that just be sufficiently incomplete? Yeah. Just, Just move the in around? To avoid embarrassment, you should consider having a minimum of three of the following stamps in your collection. Yeah, this is why uh, people laugh at stamp collectors. It's because they don't have these stamps in their collection. The first stamp is Germany, DDR, number 528 and 529. So my story is about a stamp with a design error. A design error is a mistake made during the design step of the production process. Most design errors are minor. However, in 1956, East Germany decided to memorialize composer Robert Schumann on the 100th anniversary of his death with two stamps, a 10 and a 20 denomination issued 10 days apart, featuring a portrait of him as well as the score of one of his musical compositions. However, they inadvertently used a score for Wanderer's Nachtlied from one of his fellow German composers, Franz Schubert. The stamps were recalled and replaced with a stamp featuring the score of Mondnacht, a composition by Schumann's a month later, but the originals are still available as the runs of the corrected stamp and the error stamp were the same size, a million for the 10 and 5 million for the 20. On eBay, they cost a little less than $3, and on Colnec.com, there were two sales deals available when I looked it up, each for less than a dollar. In fact, due to the run sizes being the same, the stamps with the errors are no more valuable than the corrected stamps. I recall this song. Uh, I think Beyonce did a cover of it. So this is similar to the... Maya Angelou stamp that we 
issued, but we, we didn't we didn't issue a correction. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the uncorrected stamp. Yeah, maybe that one should be required. One of the three required in your collection. It could be. I I, I would have to uh, check with the uh, governmental attorneys, but you're probably correct. I uh, think so. Just as a, a reminder to people, the Maya Angelou stamp had a, a bir- birds are caged, caged birds do something or something. Her book and, is called Why the Caged Bird Sings. Why the Caged Bird Sings, yeah. And uh, that's not her quote. It's uh, another person's quote. But she's attributed it on the stamp. So that is, uh, is that actually an error? I wouldn't, well, it's, if, how could it be an error if it was, you know? If, if she used it for a title for a book, yeah. Right. It may be not. A misattributed. Yeah. yeah. Misattribution. There you go. I think that Maya Angelou stamp would be an excellent replacement for the one that I mentioned if you're only collecting in the U.S. and not a worldwide collector especially. Again, before you buy either one, check with your governmental attorneys. For a fee. Yeah, they, they are not they are not cheap. No. Maybe, maybe, you know, to avoid the whole non-compliance issue, you should just buy both. Well, it's, it, it would be three stamps. You, you have to buy all three, the 10, the 20, and the Maya Angelou. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. comply, to meet the compliance requirement. Yeah. You should also be required then to purchase the Statue of Liberty that's... Uh, out front of New York, New York, instead of the one that's... Oh, I love that stamp. Yeah. Instead of the real statue. It only cost the federal government $3.4 million. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Stan, you're visiting Vegas. Have you gone just to see the Statue of Liberty? You know yeah. something? I have not been to New York, New York. I have been <laughs> to the Strat. I have been to South Point, And I have been to Binion's. Well, me and Albert were driving back from lunch. And uh, we drove past it, and I stuck my camera out the window and took a couple pictures of it going by. And right now, the uh, Statue of Liberty stamp... Well, when I took the picture, the Statue of Liberty stamp was wearing a mask that says, uh, uh, "Viva." Was it? did it say Viva Las Vegas or Las Vegas Strong? Las Vegas Strong. It said Las Vegas Strong. And That's then, actually a statue, though. It's not a stamp. It's not a stamp. It is a statue. Oh, excuse me. I said I misspoke. I, I had a Joe Biden moment, and uh, but l- last week or uh, Tuesday, uh, we were driving back, and not only did it have the Las Vegas strong mask, but it also had a jersey, and I couldn't tell whether it was for the Las Vegas Knights or whether it was for the Raiders. You can't tell the logos apart. No, I, I couldn't I see the back. The, I think I, that's for the Raiders. Yeah, because it was a black jersey. Well, they it both was, have black jerseys. No, it was it was the Raiders jersey. It was because I couldn't see something? the back of it. Yeah, the Raiders opened their season against my hometown team, ah. the Carolina Panthers. Are they going to be uh, doing no. battle at Al they, the L Giant? Last, no, they did it at they, they did it they, Sunday they at Bank in, of America. Right. Oh. In Charlotte. In Charlotte. Are they when? Are, when is the Al Giant uh, Stadium open? Sunday. Yeah. This coming Sunday. Yes. Oh wow! Impressive. I know more about Las Vegas than you do, Cage, and I've only been here four days. 
<laughs> people who are tourists always know more than the people who live here because they actually visit every place. Yeah, well, you wanted to come here. I'm just living here. <laughs> you had to move here for a reason. Yeah, but it didn't have to do with the Raiders or the... Uh, the um, Golden Knights. Golden Knights. Who, we, who rest in peace for this season. Oh, uh, yeah, I heard it. Our friend Bruce. Bruce, if you're listening, shout out to you. Uh, he's a big Knights fan. So let's see. There is four stamps. Oh, by the way, a clarification on the Angelou stamp. In April of 2015, the U.S. Postal Service said it would not reissue the recently released My Angelou Memorial stamp that prominently features a quote from another author. Oh. So it was a quote, not the not a book title. Not a book title. Got it. Well, Albert, you have uh, two stamps that could meet the legal requirements of this. Well, I'm I'm talking today about. Uh, uh, the two-cent uh, Queen Liliokalani stamp, both the overprinted and the unoverprinted stamp. That's uh, Scott number 52 and then Scott number 57. Scott number 52 was issued in 1891. It was printed by the American Banknote Company, and it features the, the new uh, monarch of Hawaii, Liliokalani, who ruled from July 29th, 1891 to January 17th, 1893. The overprinted stamp was was issued by the provisional government after Lilio Kalani was overthrown, and it's uh, it was uh, first issued on May 20th, 1893, and the stamp is overprinted uh, in red ink, provisional GOVT, short for government, 1893. That stamp catalogs two dollars unused and a dollar fifty used. Now Lilio Kalani was the sister of the last king of Hawaii, David Kalakaua. She was well known for composing the song Aloha Oi, and also she wrote her autobiography, Hawaii's Story by Hawaii's Queen, during her imprisonment following her overthrow in 1893. Even though she was in prison, she was imprisoned in the, in the palace, which is Iolani Palace, which after 1900 became the legislative and administrative executive headquarters for Hawaii. When you, if anybody sees the old episodes of Hawaii Five-O, McGarrett's office is right in that that palace. <laughs> so, the um, so Lilia Kalani was Lilia Kalani was given that name by her brother. It stand it, in English. It's it's according to uh, Wikipedia, it translates into the smarting of the Hawaiian of the royal ones. Smarting as in stinging. No. And uh, she was regent during when. David Kalakaua went on his world tour in 1881. She handled the smallpox epidemic in on Oahu by closing all the ports, halting all the passenger vessels from leaving Honolulu, and initiating a quarantine. She's also well known for, during that time, she visited the Kalapapa leper settlement on Molokai, and she actually appointed Father Damien, a knight commander of the Royal Order of Kalakaua, for his service to her subjects. She also convinced the Board of Health to set aside land for a leprosy hospital uh, in, in Kaka'ako, which is part of Oahu. She founded the Lilio Kalani Savings Bank in 1886 and founded the Lilio Kalani Education Society 
to promote the interest of Hawaiian ladies in the proper training of young girls of their own race whose parents would be unable to give them advantages by which they would be prepared for their duties, unquote. Um, the, uh, the, stamp is, the stamp is a beautiful portrait of the queen and has um, a butterfly pin in her hair, and so many people who collect to butterfly topicals collect that stamp and also the butterfly varieties. Um, now, the, now, the provisional government part of it is very interesting. If uh, It's one of the reasons why Hawaii is now part of the United States. People who, uh, the members of the Hawaii League, who happen to be many, many of them happen to be uh, naturalized businessmen of American or European uh, descent, uh, decided they wanted eventually to have Hawaii uh, get annexed by the United States. The reason was is that one of the main reasons was that um, sugar tariffs for Hawaii were higher than any other place in the world, the American sugar tariffs. And so if Hawaii was annexed, they felt that the tariffs would go down or totally vanish. Um, so uh, uh, Queen Liliuokalani wanted a new constitution to replace the so-called bayonet constitution that, was, um, that he was forced to accept in 1887 um, by some of the growers. And so she was, she was um, overthrown on January 17th, 1893 by coup d'etat, helped by uh, the U.S. Marines that the uh, U.S. Uh, ambassador sent from the USS Boston. Now, ironically, because the, the there was a changeover of the presidency, when Grover Cleveland was president during his second term, he absolutely opposed the annexation of Hawaii. And Hawaii, Hawaii was not annexed until until 1898, um, because we were in getting involved in the Spanish-American War, and we annexed, we annexed them. Um, the, the vote in the Senate succeeded by one vote. So mm -hmm. there were still a lot of bitter feelings. Um, and the United States government actually apologized at the end of the 20th century for helping the annexation of Hawaii out. So that's, that's one of the reasons why these stamps are not only just how they look, but also the history behind them. It's interesting, too, because in the uh, Mexican-American War, we went through exactly the same thing. We conquered all of Mexico. All of Mexico had no army left. We occupied everything. And the Congress said, no, you are not going to take Mexico. And so what eventually happened is we took the top part you know, we took uh, New Mexico, Arizona, California, and we actually paid Mexico. But it's funny because we paid Mexico half the amount that we originally offered to buy that exact area. So uh, the war saved us, you know, half the money, but we had to pay the expenses. But, yeah, we've been very anti-colonial throughout our entire history. And it's interesting that, you know, people call us a colonial power when uh, we were exactly the opposite from a political standpoint. Yeah, we didn't gain anything, unlike all the other countries that got involved in the Boxer Rebellion that's, that sent troops from Japan to Russia, uh, Germany, and England. They all got something. They, got, they all got territorial and uh, trade um, concessions from the Chinese. We didn't get anything. So that's a good example of where our desire not to be, not to have colonies. 
and another if, good example is Spanish American War. We conquered Spain and we ended up with the Philippines. Uh, we ended up with Cuba, and we didn't keep either one of them. Yep, yep. And as a matter of fact, the reason why we took Hawaii, if we didn't have that war with Spain, we probably never would have taken Hawaii because we took Hawaii as a coaling station for our Navy. We said, wouldn't it be convenient if we're going to the Philippines to have Hawaii? Yeah. And otherwise we wouldn't have taken it. Well, my stamp is the one and a half cent Harding stamp with Harding looking to the left. Uh, Scott number 576. This was not part of the original Fourth Bureau issue. This was issued after Harding's death. And it was very interesting because, first of all, uh, Harding died uh, rather unexpectedly. Uh, he was originally elected as a filler. What was going on is that oil was becoming a very popular thing to have. And uh, the United States had vast oil reserves. They were held by the Navy. So some people said, hey, if we could get access to these oil reserves, wouldn't it be cool? And uh, the comment was, well, you can't because they're the navies. You would have to get it transferred to the Department of Interior. Well, they got uh, the control of the convention and said, you know, why don't we elect a president? I have a friend. His name is Harding. Let's go ahead and put him in. And uh, after quite a bit of back and forth, Harding got the nomination. And it was interesting because right before he got the nomination, the Republican committee said, tell us anything you have a problem with. We don't want to put you up there and then have some sort of a fiasco up here. Well, Harding didn't tell him that he had a, a, a mistress and a kid and some other stuff going on. So he got the nomination. He won. He established the uh, person in, as the Department of the Interior. The Department of the Interior went to the Navy and said, hey, give us these oil areas. And the Navy said, ah, sure, go ahead. The uh, Department of Interior then gave these contracts to two of Harding's friends. And everybody complained that uh, they didn't go for bid. They were just assigned. And one was Teapot Dome which everybody knows about. And the other one was Elk Hills, which not so many people know about. In addition to that, the, his Department of Justice uh, pretty much sold people the right to break the law. Um, he, like I said, had some problems with uh, fidelity, and there were quite a uh, few um, love letters back and forth where he was talking about Jerry is very lonely and stuff like that. And uh, just as a trivia, if you're looking at this one-cent stamp, remember that his penis was named Jerry. That's what he named it. So after he died, and people think, well, maybe uh, he was poisoned, but there was never an autopsy, he was missed. People didn't know all this stuff was going on. It wasn't for a couple of years later. So they issued the two-cent memorial, and they got that out in a month. It was the fastest stamp design ever. 
Then they came out with the one and a half cent. And then the first lady didn't like it because he was facing to the left. So they issued another one and a half cent with him full face forward. So you have three Harding stamps with an interesting story and uh, very limited usage because the one and a half cent rate was not a very common rate to use. Uh, I believe the Scott's catalog and any of them is less than 10 bucks, except for the imperforated uh, Harding Memorial, which was actually issued by mistake. And then the post office said, well, we're just going to issue more. We're not going to create a, ra a rarity. So the imperforated stamp was not issued for any reason other than for collectors. And the number uh, 613, which we discussed partially because it's a rotary press stamp um, printed with uh, PERF 11. If you want to listen to that, listen to our other uh, podcast on how to identify flat plate and rotary plate stamps. That stamp is uh, $55,000, I believe. But realistically, all the other ones can be bought for about a dollar. My travels took me to the Crazy Horse Memorial in South Dakota. It is right near Mount Rushmore. And in the gift shop, they were selling a group of Native Americans on stamps, U.S. Native Americans on stamps. And the Crazy Horse stamp caught my eye. They had a coffee mug with all four of the various Native American stamps on it. And the reason I chose this stamp was Mount Rushmore was carved in about five years. The Crazy Horse Memorial has been in manufacture for 40-something years now. And it's still not done. Um... Maybe because, A, Mount Rushmore was a government project, and Crazy Horse Memorial is a private project. It takes a little bit longer to do a private one than it does to do a government project. But I really like the looks of this Crazy Horse stamp. Um, it's an interesting design, and I think once they finish the memorial with the horse and Crazy Horse in the Black Hills of South Dakota that will be another awesome tourist attraction. And one of the things I did learn at Crazy Horse Memorial was there are no pictures of Crazy Horse. So this is a likeness based on descriptions from contemporaries of Crazy Horse. And this is uh, the 1982 full-face, 13-cent rate Crazy Horse stamp, Scott number 1855 of the Great Americans issue. Mm -hmm. And it looks like uh, you can buy one for a buck ten, but I have to assume that that has a lot of handling fee because it's pretty much postage otherwise. The, the set of stamps that they had in the Crazy Horse Memorial gift shop were all of the great American, Native American stamps, and they were selling them for two ninety nine. No. Oh, that's a good markup. Yeah. I think you sort of have a uh, captive audience there, though. You do. You do. And, and it cost about $15 to get into the Crazy Horse Memorial. Oh. 
What did it look like? Because you were actually there. You laid yeah. eyes on it. Yeah, it's it's they they've got the the hole for the lance, and they've got part of the horse, and they've got part of part of the man carved out of the mountain. It's actually a pretty impressive memorial. I saw it a few years ago. It is. It's a very impressive. I just, you know, I'm just shocked it's taken so long to get it done. Yeah, but if you got it done, then maybe you would lose some of the uh, donations. The donations and stuff. Yeah. Well, but if it was done, you wouldn't need the donations. And actually, I think it's bigger than Mount Rushmore. By, By about five times, it looks like. Yeah. It's yeah, a lot bigger. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there are 400% more people, though, on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> there are 400% more people, but there are... But they're not on a horse. Oh, but, good point. But there are 100% more horses <laughs> in the Crazy Horse Memorial. Well, that, would be, that would be an infinite number more horses. <laughs> yeah, infinite would be a better number. So how did the construction work? I mean, I'm sure they didn't have, like, scaffolding covering it or anything like that. What what actually does the construction itself look like? Okay, they do have some scaffolding up, but mostly it is riggers drilling holes and doing strategically placed dynamite to blow bits and pieces of rock away. Um and I'm pretty sure that's a there's a science to that or an engineering science to that. You mean as opposed to just going out with random sticks and dynamite yes. and sticking in places? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to guess that they they know what they're doing. Yeah, I would too. So so just for fun, the sculpture's final dimensions are planned to be 641 feet long and 563 feet high. The arm of Crazy Horse will be 263 feet long and the head 87 feet high. By comparison, the heads of the four U.S. presidents of Mount Rushmore each 60 feet high. So it's going to be significantly larger. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do if they accidentally create a uh, crack and uh, break off his arm. (laughs) Uh, That's going to be the end of that. Yeah, that would be interesting. That would be a crazy horse wreck. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's interesting is how few people know about it because I was at a trivia night a few weeks ago and the host asked what famous Sioux leader the statue was being built of and ended up giving a half a point to a team that said sitting bull because only one person who happened to be me got it right. (laughs) says if completed as designed it will become the world's second tallest statue after the Statue of Unity. What is the Statue of Unity? I don't know. I mean, I know who Unity is. Unity is the uh, Gia god from uh, Rick and Morty, right? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, not so much. Oh. The Statue of Unity is a colossal statue of Indian statesman and independent activist Vallabhai Patel. I don't have no idea how to pronounce that. So I'm guessing it's in India? Yes. Not Indian... Dot Indian, not woo-woo Indian. World's tallest statue with a height of 597 feet. Oh, yeah, here, look at this. And then the second one is the uh, Spring Temple Buddha in China. Which will be beaten out if uh, they finish Crazy Horse. Yeah. Statue of Liberty is number four. Actually, uh, the motherland from Russia is taller than those, but they don't count her sword sticking way up. 
Wow. That those those are big statues. B A S S. Mm-hmm. Very big statues. But yeah, no, so um traveling you see all kinds of sorts of different things. Um the 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 best post office I've been in has to be in Wall, South Dakota. Ooh. It's right across the street from Wall Drug, and that is South Dakota's number one or number two tourist trap. <laughs> Little known fact: Wall Drug became famous because during the Depression, they would offer free glass of water to anybody who walked in. Now it's a five-cent cup of coffee. No. But, um, no, I walked into Wall Drug with a stack of postcards to mail of the 1973 Tourism in America postcards. Thanks to Cadge and a few other people who shall remain nameless. I, had a, I have a new stock of 1973 Tourism in America, which features Mount Rushmore, Yosemite, the Sequoias, very cool postcards on a, I don't know, we, we're not talking station, postal stationary colors yet, are we? <laughs> because I don't know what color that yellow is. Well, we were going to. It's buff. It's buff. Okay. So those, those postcards are buff. Yeah, I accidentally uh, didn't uh, put down the paper color. (laughs) The new word is swole. Swole. Instead, they replaced buff. S-W-O-L-E? I believe so, yeah. Okay. I'm impressed, though, with this uh, Indian Statue of Unity. I had honestly never heard of it. This thing is monstrous. I mean, this is huge. And it's just... A guy standing on like a pedestal like the Statue of Liberty uh, next to this river, but it is gigantic. The people, the people are smaller than his toe. <laughs> well, 597 feet, that's what, 60, 60 stories, roughly? Yeah. Yes, roughly. I mean, it shows people standing around the base of it, and his big toe is taller than anybody standing around it. Oh, so is the Statue of Liberties. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, See, just, the Statue, the statue of Liberty is uh, the fourth tallest, but do they count the statue or are they counting the pedestal and the statue? Because I believe the no, pedestal... Yeah, they only count the statue. They count from I, the bottom of the foot to the top of the head. Or if whatever. I remember correctly, the pedestal is something like 11 yeah. stories tall. Yeah. Yeah. That she's standing on. And I assume you're talking about the one in New York, not the one down the road. Yes. That is correct. <laughs> Does it have a. Uh, uh, you new- can't you can't go up in the crown of the one in here. Uh, and it doesn't have a mask that says uh, New York, New York or something like that. I, I don't know. It might. I have no. not seen current pictures. Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. yeah. There's a sign saying moving to Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I thought there was a sign in in Las Vegas that said "moving from California." Oh yeah, there's a, <laughs> it's a lot of people f- coming here from California. California is uh, a fantastic place to leave. 
Well, unfortunately, with the wildfires, there's a lot of people that either don't have the money anymore or have every reason to move because they got nothing left to leave there. Well, I get asked all the time, you know, what's the sky like here? Because, you know, the fires are right over the mountains. The hitch is, is that the, the wind tends to blow north and west. So we tend here in southern Nevada not to get any smoke. However, two days ago, we did get quite a bit of smoke. Monday, we, Labor Day was horrible. You oh, couldn't yeah, even we, see the sky here. We, we get a lot of wind that comes up from the um, Baja Peninsula. And because the monsoons, and especially in the summertime, the, the hurricanes that hit the west coast of Mexico, they come up and they come right up through Arizona. And, oh, and yeah. That's why we don't get a lot of that smoke. Yeah, we have as much, monsoons. As yeah. much the, as uh, Not this you year. might think. Yeah. Not, you know, we haven't had any rain this year, but uh, we don't, with that wind, we don't get as much smoke as you might think we do. Well, shout out to Skylar Rumsey, great auction house in uh, San Francisco. But he uh, was talking about how they couldn't see the sun. The sun was just like a little 40-watt uh, light bulb up in the sky. The, the s- smoke was so thick, and it had discolored you know, the sky, making it just a dirty red color. Yeah, very interesting. So, Scott, you do not have a stamp to discuss. I don't. Ah. Oh. You, you understand that uh, the government could come after you. Got to have a stamp with a story. Yeah. I don't have a stamp with a story. Well, we're I can gr- give you a stamp story, but it's not personal yeah. to me. And we're going to continue this for a couple of weeks. Uh, I want... We I are, do have a favorite stamp story that is kind of in the public... The public domain? Knowledge, yeah. The public knowledge? Yeah. Oh, go for it. Uh, is it less than a $25 stamp? Because remember, it's um, got to have general access. Otherwise, the government's going to nip you in the bud. What's a used C3 run? Oh, 10 bucks, maybe. Okay, it qualifies. <laughs> uh, C3, I like I like the story of, of the, the first flight where the guy, um, he's flying from was Washington to New York, and he, he heads out. And he hits the railroad tracks and says, I'm going to follow the railroad tracks. And he heads the wrong direction. (laughs) And to top things off, even better, he crashes. (laughs) So what do they do? They load his mail onto the train. (laughs) And they truck it back and they uh, take it back to Washington. And he has to go the next day. And he hits the railroad tracks. And this time he gets it right and he goes to New York. But I, I think that's fun. It's cool. Um the covers themselves exist from that flight, um, and they are not less than $25, but just a regular used C3 is, it just adds to the lore of the C3, because you also have the lore of the C3A and all that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, back in 1918, this was a big, big deal. And C3 is the first. US it is. Yeah, it, it is it, the first one that was issued. Yes. Yeah. It should actually have the designation of C one. Yep. But the Scott listing practices are such that, uh, well, I would change certain things <laughs> if I could. Yeah, like who's the first president of the United States? Yep. That would be George Washington. 
No, it wouldn't, unless you want to discount 14 presidents before him. I believe I do. (laughs) (laughs) I like that during the early airmail stuff, I I think it was only in the West because there weren't as many landmarks known where they had the gigantic concrete arrows they put on the ground. Mm So you could look down as you're flying your plane and go, oh, go that way. <laughs> go that way. As, I actually, It's funny. After I heard about those, I'm like, that's really weird. I had no idea those existed. And then I saw one of those shows that like, you know, what in the world is this? It was Modern Marvels. It was like a Modern Marvels. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Like, what what purpose did this serve? I'm like, ooh, I know that one. <laughs> Being a pilot with an instrument rating um, back in the early night when flight first began um, there wasn't the such thing as instruments they didn't have them so every pilot if it got rainy or stormy they would have to land because otherwise you run the risk of vertigo and crashing Um, many an airmail pilot died from vertigo in the clouds and many crashed and didn't die. Yes. <laughs> but, the, you know, the airmail story is is cool to me, too, mainly because those airplanes were overloaded at the time with mail. Um, and they were loaded in the tail, which resulted, if, you, if, they, if the pilot stalled the airplane, resulted in a flat spin and... Ugly, nasty crashes. Things you're not going to recover from. Absolutely, you can't. Because the center of gravity is on the wrong end. So unless you can start flying backwards, you're in trouble. Pretty much. So do we have time for postal stationary colors? Unfortunately, no. Oh. Come on, Ma- oh, come on, Tom. Ah, come on. Don't blame me. Ah. I'll blame. Okay, then I, I, I blame I, Mark. I, I or engineer. do I blame Cash? <laughs> you blame Cash. Oh. You you blame the scriptwriter, the producer for the timing of our shows. I promise, promise, cross my heart, promise. Next episode, we will have stationary paper color varieties. I promise. Cross your heart, hope to die. Do promise. I get to bring, do I get to bring the needle if you don't? <laughs> So, while I'm somewhere other than Las Vegas, we're going to do postal stationary colors. Very cool. <laughs> well, you're usually somewhere other than Las Vegas, though. So. <laughs> well, I know, but I made a special trip to Las Vegas. To Just see. for stationary paper color varieties. Yes. Ah, I am, I, I, I'm heartbroken that you traveled... 3,200 miles, mm-hmm. and you have to wait until next week to hear about it. And I will be I will be somewhere other than Las Vegas. Well, we put up a YouTube video on the U.S. number 596, the one-cent Franklin stamp discussed last week. Check out the YouTube title, 175,000 Franklin stamp, number 594, number 596. And please also subscribe to the channel because we are not showing up in the search because we're new and they don't like us yet. So, again, if you're looking for fun things to watch on YouTube, $175,000 Franklin stamp, number 594 and number 596. This will help us out greatly and, you know, next week, postal, stationary, colors, covers, something. 
We need your help. Nothing we do on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. You can help support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is only $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our address is P.O. Box 539-309, Henderson, Nevada, 89053. You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, episode number 274. This was Tom. This was Scott. This was Stan. This was Albert. This was Becca. This was Mark. And this was Cash. You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.